Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast. We have a special edition episode this time. We just completed the second annual Uncharted Summit. We had over 600 of the world's best founders, funders, creatives, celebrities, and beyond in Southampton for a full day affair. And while I was on stage emceeing and moderating the event, our producer, Brendan, took it upon himself to interview a number of the Uncharted members about what's happening in their world. So in this episode, you're going to hear some excerpts live from the Uncharted Summit of Brendan interviewing some incredible entrepreneurs and investors about what keeps them up at night and beyond. So we hope you enjoy. Thank you for being a part of the Uncharted community and uh, enjoy this one. Hello, my name is XIA. Yes, X, just a letter. I am a developer, military veteran, and builder of technologies that help all of us shape the future instead of being victims to it. One of the questions we're asking everyone is, what is the mo- most unique challenge you're facing right now? Ooh, on a personal or professional level. Let's That's go. Deep. Let's go professional, and then let's go personal. I think on a professional level, there's a very, very unique challenge that I'm facing. So for the past, you know, about decade, I've been working in artificial intelligence, and right now there's a lot of conversation going on about the way in which artificial intelligence can harm all of us collectively. If the AI is going to become sentient and take over and kill all of us. But the unique challenge that I'm facing as someone who spent the past four years of my life at Google working in responsible AI, making sure Google's algorithms didn't kill us or harm us or just be straight up assholes, is that we're looking so far in the future with this technology that we're missing out on the present harms that are happening right now. So we're looking to the what happens when AI becomes this sentient robot that's gonna challenge my IQ or that's gonna decide that humans don't deserve life on earth when in reality right now, there's an algorithm that's being used in 14 different states in the US to determine whether or not a child should stay with their parents by CPS that was so bad and so biased towards black and brown children that the state of Illinois was like, fuck y'all, get out our state. There was one point where it had flagged 400 children that were all black and brown as 100% going to die. And they needed to be separated. And none of them were actually in danger. But that same algorithm's in use in 14 different states. Um, I have examples for days on this, but I think that the unique challenge that I'm facing is It's easier to go down the what-if rabbit hole than the what-is rabbit hole. And right now, what is happening in AI that's already harming people is not something that's getting any attention. And so we're going down these what-ifs, waiting for these folks who are running these companies that are thinking about building those kinds of technologies, whether it's a Neuralink or a car that can fly to the moon or whatever they're trying to build that we're losing sight of the harm it's already causing us because we didn't know in the first place. So that's a unique challenge I'm facing professionally. I think personally, a unique challenge that I'm facing hmm, is that I am a person who is extremely social when I feel energetically safe with people, but I'm also so energetically aware that's like one out of a thousand people. 
And so balancing the fact that I get the opportunity and the blessing to play this role as somebody who can come on this podcast and even say like, hey, bro, y'all ain't know that like the AI's out here separating y'all kids or you ain't know that the AI's out here telling police where to hang out and in what neighborhoods or you didn't know the AI's out here and is the reason that your your favorite bodega can't receive SNAP benefits. Like that's a role I can play because I can digest the research and send it out. But at the same time, I'm antisocial as fuck right now. I ain't trying to be around nobody. I'm at an event full of people who want to, like, help and build. And I'm like, bro, can I just go lay down and scroll Reddit? Like, what is this? (laughs) It's too much. So I think the unique challenge for me in that space is the tension between understanding what my purpose is in this moment and being willing to sacrifice my personal comfort for that because that sacrifice of my personal comfort will lead to generational safety. If I'm able to build the right relationships, the right connections, and all these folks here in this room and in this house today, because it ain't a room, y'all. It's like, it's a mansion. It's fancy. It's super fancy. This is a compound. We're at a compound right now with like a thousand people, and we all got money. It's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. (laughs) Hey, and like, to be here and to be blessed enough to be here and to be respected enough to be here because of my own work and accomplishments. It's like there's a battle between can I just hide out and eat the charcuterie board and can I show up and network effectively enough so we don't have to have these kinds of events in the future so that the work that we do um, mandates it so that this is just what normal looks like for more folks. So, yeah. Amazing. I loved it. Um, The other next question is who has had the biggest impact on you so in uncharted the whole thing is about creating a community like how people kind of get to be in these spaces um you gonna make me cry come on now that rosé was good y'all got the boozy rosé this ain't the this ain't the ten dollar (laughs) rosé from kroger like what you doing right now asking me those questions no by far hands down the person who has had the most impact in my life is my grandmother My grandmother is no longer with us, God rest her soul, but my grandmother was born and raised in Albany, Georgia, where the KKK was born. She was a black woman. uh, When I look back in my ancestry records, my grandmother was listed as seven years old as a farm worker. And I think we all know what that means. Her father was a sharecropper who ended up building his own house and died, you know, in that in that crib after having built it from being a sharecropper for most of his life. My grandmother, despite experiencing everything she experienced where her own mother died because of systemic racism at the time, let me rephrase that so you could cut it, where her own mother died because at that time there were no hospitals to service black people. So when her mother had a blood clot in her leg, they like wouldn't send an ambulance. So her mama just died. My grandmother stepped up, took care of the family. My grandmother went on because at the time, the biggest thing that they could do as black women was become teachers. My grandmother went on to become a teacher. She taught third and fourth grade. She taught for 26 years. She taught through segregation. And never once in my entire life did my grandmother tell me that because somebody didn't like me, they didn't deserve love. Because somebody treated me differently, that that person didn't deserve love. My grandmother never taught me to be mad or angry at people who did me wrong. She taught me to open my heart even further to them. I remember at my grandmother's funeral, there was someone who came there who was one of her previous students who was like, yo, this person, 
I used to hate I used to hate her when she was my teacher. She used to take me in the bathroom and spank me. Cause you know my grandma old, so like that's you know, they was it was in a time when the teachers could hit people. She's like, she used to take me in the bathroom and spank me, but she got me right. And you know what? I've been teaching for twenty five years now because of her. And so my grandmother as a person who with my own siblings who were not her blood relatives, um, took care of them, made sure they had socks, made sure they had food, made sure they had everything. She taught me that love is not about how you feel about a person. It's about collectively being better. And witnessing her do that for my entire life with my siblings that weren't her relatives, hearing her stories of her doing that with children who would hate her and scream at her and kick at her at a time when she experienced shit I didn't have to, really, really taught me that um, the world can be better if we choose it to be. The world that she was born into is not the world she left me. So I'm excited for the world. I'm going to leave my nephew. So my grandma's my biggest influence, hands down. Incredible. Obviously, we're right now in a beautiful house with a, man, a bunch of amazing people who are all working in these professional spaces. What does community in the, in this in your professional world look like? And what does that mean to you? So I think that community needs to be moved away from this idea of like who I know that can do something for me. Community is first based in how much I take care of myself and what I know about myself. And then the community that I choose to connect with are people who can reflect and amplify that to me, especially in moments when I forget. Right. So like, yes, community is people I can link up with and do business. But something I appreciate about this event and what the Love family is doing is that it's about folks building with each other in an organic setting where I'm not here pressured to give you a deal or you're not here trying to pitch me. It's who are you? Do we have an organic vibe? And then how then when I'm whole in myself and you're whole in yourself, can then we connect and try to amplify that wholeness in each other in the lanes that we're in, even if those lanes don't fully align. There's been folks I've met with today that are in verticals that are completely different to me, but I might happen to know someone who knows someone and make an intro, and I pray that that amplifies for them, you know? So I think that community is a lot less about followers. It's a lot less about what titles people have, but it's about the value that you can contribute to their lives and their willingness to do the same in yours. And that's exactly what Uncharted does. It makes sure that when you come here, you can come as you are. If you want to come in a designer dress, bet. You want to come like me in some Air Maxes, bet. There are people here who are going to try to attempt to help elevate you and lift you at every stop, whether you're grabbing a margarita, you're going to the bathroom, you try not to fall in the pool. There are folks here that are trying to elevate you and help make sure that you understand your own power instead of take it from you. And I think that's really what community is. It's that mutual support system in that way. It's amazing. The, the last thing I just want to probably get, because you are talking today on an AI panel. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, AI is one of the biggest themes that everyone's talking about. I think a lot of people can be a little, have some misconceptions of what it is. Mm -hmm. Can you, do you mind just talking your perspective on AI to, instead of what it will be, what it is today, and yeah, resources people can you. be paying attention to? So first and foremost, if we take all the technical jargon out, artificial intelligence is very simply teaching machines how to think and act like humans. And when you think about that, humans have five senses. Well, artificial intelligence generally falls across five domains. Humans have sight, 
in AI that's called computer vision, that's teaching machines how to see. You use things like cameras, you use things like LiDAR sensors, you use things like um, uh, heat sensors and stuff that can detect like heat in a room to be able to quote unquote see whatever's going on around them. You have hearing and and, I mean, hearing in AI is loosely related to the field that we call natural language processing. And natural language processing, it, it's got a lot of subdomains I'm not going to get into. But natural language processing is basically teaching machines how to understand text and how to generate text. So how to understand what you're saying, how to hear you. Like when you're telling Siri, hey, Siri, take me to the nearest McDonald's because I'm hungover. And also how to generate the text back. Hey, and 400 feet turn right to go to the nearest McDonald's to cure your hangover. Like, that is natural language processing and all the fields under it so that you can hear. Sight, uh, excuse me, um, smell, taste, and touch don't really have fancy names, but there's a lot of, like, stuff being built on that. Now, when we look at generative AI, generative AI is teaching machines how to think and act like the human imagination. Right? And I think that I'm excited about it because... Imagination has been a privilege for a lot of people for a lot of years. I grew up extremely poor. I'm one of eight children. Both of my parents are drug addicts. We grew up with no government assistance. So to be able to go to a grocery store and buy yourself that candy bar or that drink without having to calculate every penny in your pocket is a privilege. And then to be able to not have to worry about whether you have time to sit down and draw the picture that's in your mind or write the song that's on your heart because you don't have to go pick up an extra shift to make sure you physically have a place to stay is what makes imagination a privilege. I'm not saying it's a privilege towards any people or any group of people, but imagination is a privilege. And what generative AI does is it unlocks this ability for us to... What generative AI does is it unlocks our ability to equally use our imagination even in places where people might not have had access to those tools. So we're talking about digital art, VFX. Folks might not have had access or ability to be able to do that. Um, like places like Ghana, places like Cuba, where my family is, where I just came from. And so I think these technologies have the power to drastically change the way our world operates by including more people who've never had a chance to say their story or share their story with us at the same time if the way we're building these AIs is off of works people put on Tumblr that they didn't know were going to be used to train an AI or they put them on their website without an explicit copyright notice so therefore the company that's training these AIs says it's okay to take your images and then have people generate across it I think that's wrong so I think much like my company, Malo Santo, Bad Saint, everything has the potential to be good or bad. It's about how we choose to intentionally use it. And I think right now, in this moment in time, we're at a very pivotal moment where we can actively participate and shape the way that AI is being used in our society. I can point to 100 bad use cases. I can point to 100 good use cases. What the next use case is, is collectively up to us. Are we going to allow AI to be used to make decisions that we want humans to make? Are we going to allow AI to be used to scrape all the stuff that we've put on the Internet to create their algorithms and then be sold back to us to have access to that algorithm. All of that right now in this moment is up to us to collectively decide. So while we're all worried about those folks on the submarine, God rest all of their souls, there are larger questions at hand that we have to play an active role in shaping this future so we don't become victims of it. Amazing. And if people want to get in touch, is there a good means to 
Connect yeah. with you. Yeah. So on everything, I am at Tech with X. So T E C H W I T H X. Just the letter X. So Tech with X on everything, even Gmail. So holla. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you all for listening and being a part of the Uncharted community. We have been super grateful and thankful for the response thus far, and we want to hear more from you. If you are listening and haven't subscribed yet, it would mean the world. If you want to reach us, find us online at joinuncharted.com or find me at Twitter at Noah S. Friedman. Please feel empowered to reach out, share what you're hearing, tell us what you want to hear more of, less of, and beyond. We're going to keep growing this Uncharted community, and we are super thankful to have you be a part of it. So tell us what you think. We want to hear from you, and uh, thanks for being a part of the ride.